All right, welcome to Backyard Conversations. This is your boy, G, and I'm here as always with my man. Tommy Davis on the mic. All right, so today on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the latest developments in, in tech, news, and culture. Uh, one of the more uh, memorable things that happened in the past week was Chimamanda's what, essay letter, open letter. I mean, I'll call it an open letter, I guess. And there's uh, Spotify and coming out with Green Room to basically, uh, you know, usurp... Uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse on the market. <laughs> See, I'm already forgetting their name. We're going to talk about the developments in the United States with uh, Juneteenth and uh, Nigeria getting more vaccines from AstraZeneca and the reopening of uh, British Columbia to pretty much everyone, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess the rules are getting almost fully, uh, fully slack. All right, the backyard conversations. Let's get the show on the road. Boom. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure by now you've heard or seen or read about Chimamanda's uh, essay or open letter. And there's a lot of thoughts flying around about it. I have read just a little bit of it. Mr. Davies, what did you think about it? Um, to be honest, I don't really know. Because like, I, I read the letter, but no, I don't really know what this other person has written online or what the beef was about, really. Um, but I mean, if from, from, from her letter, if she, what she's saying is you know completely true, then I mean... I can see where she's coming from. Oh, yeah. And I know people were posting like little snippets back and forth on the Internet. And there are some that I could resonate with. Right. Like especially mm-hmm. if you're talking about cancel culture. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's just always trying to be politically correct nowadays. Like it's very rare to see people like openly express what they feel because someone else is just going to jump on it and just like take it a completely wrong way and just spin it 180 degrees. Mm. Yeah. I mean. Political incorrectness is something that's in, one of the, I use the word in fashion right now. But I mean, at the same time, you've got to be sensitive about, you know, people around you as well, right? Like, you want to be aware of what's going on or how people might feel about it. So, when you're saying things, you know, just be sensitive and put it out there. But I mean, I don't see anything wrong with what she's saying, like, or what she said on there, right? So, I don't think that's really a bother for her, especially if she was directing her, her um, communications at one person in particular, right? Yes, and, and just like you said, like there has to be like a fine balance between, um, let's just call it youthful naivety, like not knowing and honestly asking questions and basically attacking a group of people or a culture just because you have limited information and you really don't have any idea what's going on there anyways. Mm, yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, a good example, remember Kevin Hart with the Academy Awards? Yeah. And people will just go back in time and find tweets from like seven years old. And, and I look at stuff like that. I'm like, bro, I'm not even the same person I was yesterday. Yeah. And so if you judge me by what you've seen on my timeline from seven years ago, that's your personal problem. Yeah, that one I can definitely get because I know like I've definitely evolved in, you know, over the last few years, last years of my life, whatever. I'm definitely not the same person I was a few years ago. Right? I've learned new things, unlearned some things, right? Changed um, quite a lot. Right, um, I guess in situations like, or maybe not the Kevin Hart situation, but like other situations, like when it, maybe when it comes to racism or whatnot, it just because racism is so much more deeper rooted, right? So that's why it's hard for people to like move on when they see that okay, this person is out now talking blah blah blah, but you know, six seven years ago, you know they were completely racist, like do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot more different, especially if they don't acknowledge what's happened back in the day. But you know, other things where it's not that deeply rooted, like I don't know, comedy. 
in, in case of Kevin Hart or whatnot and things that you can really unlearn then yeah I, I totally agree that like you know people people change and that's the truth like um, no one is the same forever like we're learning things our environment that we're in is influencing how we think about things I know living in Vancouver has changed the way that I think about a lot of things right as compared to when I lived outside of Vancouver right um, my friend circle was has changed um, you know all these different things so I mean yeah, if you if you find a tweet from me from you know a few years back, I'm sure you won't find nothing. But just know that, you know, I was young, I was dumb, and I've changed, right? Right. The same applies. We've all grown from where we were. Um, as a matter of fact, like recently, I was I stumbled upon some of my old Facebook posts, and this would be a good segue into Facebook, and I cringed. Like it was just <laughs> the funniest dumbest things I've ever seen in my life and, and people who are friends with me on Facebook because I never go on Facebook anymore uh, if you're listening and you want to go take, take a stroll down memory lane uh, yeah you'll be embarrassed on my behalf uh, sticking to the Facebook theme you know we heard recently that Facebook is going to start embedding podcasts literally on the platform and I don't know what I feel about that yeah man just watch all your information get sold to the highest bidder still that's what I feel about it like podcasts get on there and they put in something like the new clubhouse vibe that we're getting right now and you put on Facebook and you know they're definitely going to be listening to them conversations and you know selling that to the highest bidder selling you more stuff like building your personality based on that as well right so I don't trust Facebook I'll, I'll put it out there like I mean Facebook's a big company but like I do not trust them for for the longest time, I've I've always been hashtag delete Facebook because I know how invasive in terms of privacy uh, this company has been and all the uh, data breaches and every time uh, the CEO is called to come testify, there's always the same promises over and over and over again. However, like Facebook has always struck me as a double edged sword. On the one hand, it's responsible for all these groups where people go in and just, you know, in some cases get radicalized because they're embedded in deeply into all these like Facebook groups. Then there's the case of like, you know, misinformation. Then there's the case of data being stolen and manipulated and sold to the highest bidder. But at the same time, there are people whose businesses wouldn't be the same without Facebook. You know, there are people whose whose family wouldn't know anything about their welfare. I remember during a hurricane when I was in Florida, the only way I knew people around me were safe was because of Facebook, right? They would post on Facebook like to signify that they were safe and whatnot. And I, I see those little things and I, I, I don't know if you were to put like the good and the bad of Facebook like on a scale. And ugly. And ugly, right. <laughs> That's going to be a three-way scale. It's going to be awkward. <laughs> Trifecta. But, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely worth looking into, especially if you're already a content creator and you want to grow and just read the terms and conditions the best you can and, and see how, how it's going to work for you. Yeah, I mean, Facebook as a company now, as a site, I don't think Facebook is really in, especially now with the next generation coming up, right? But I mean, they are becoming their own other things, right? Like WhatsApp and whatnot, uh, Instagram, right? Um, so those buddies would obviously, they're still, that's still Facebook, right? So at the end of the day, um, they're probably here to stay, right? Definitely. They're going to be here for a long time because they were successful in not only uh, making bank off of our data, which we we gladly hand to them uh, free of charge every single time, but also do a very fine job of integrating other people's businesses and turn it into a feature on their platform. You know, a really good example is the entire Snapchat is now just like a stories feature, essentially on, on Instagram and also in WhatsApp and everybody else just ran with it. Like LinkedIn has stories right now. Spotify is getting stories. Mm. And speaking of Spotify, 
and jacking features. What do they do to Clubhouse? I mean, I mean that's you know theft is the oldest crime in the in the in the book, right? People always do like Snapchat got you know jacked by um, essentially Instagram, right? When they wanted to buy them and they didn't want to sell, they stole their features of you know disappearing stories and you know disappearing um, snaps or whatever you want to call them. Um, the Spotify, like honestly, I looked at the Spotify app. I like the interface. It looks good. It looks clean, right? Good design. They had some good IAT guys on that one for sure. Um, but then I don't know how it's, you know, I don't know how socials connect to it, if it's going to, you know, go in the same path as um, Clubhouse. But I mean, they're a bigger company. They probably have access to more servers. They can afford it more. So you probably see less of it crashing or, or things like that. So in the long run, if they can integrate, I feel like they should integrate it into the regular Spotify app. Because, like, what's the point of having two apps, right? If you can integrate it, have those conversations, maybe even get some of those conversations recorded and go on a podcast vibe, right? Then I could see a lot of potential there. But, I mean, with them going to the market now, I feel bad for Clubhouse because I don't think Clubhouse has what it takes to compete with Spotify, right? But we'll see how it goes, right? We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's definitely one that's worth watching because as soon as I heard, I decided to install the app and give it a spin and see how it works compared to Clubhouse. And honestly, from the sign-up page, the only thing that's different for now is it's already integrated with your Spotify account. So you can log in with your Spotify, from your Spotify app, I should say. Uh, however, it still needs you to like create a new profile. It's not like you use your Spotify ID and you can still get your own app, your unique username. Uh, what I also find really mm -hmm. interesting is the sign-up page where you choose features like or, or stories that interest you is basically a carbon copy of Clubhouse. Like they, <laughs> they, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? They just like, you know what? Uh, control C, Control V on that guy. And right now, it feels like a lot of athletes are on there and a lot of clubs. And that makes sense because Spotify didn't build this from scratch. They basically acquired a company, I think, called Locker Room, which was already a sports conversation piece mm. and decided that we're going to integrate it into uh, our platform and we're going to call it Green Room. And it's going to be a different app with like a green icon, just like uh, the Spotify icon. And so far, uh, there's a lot of tumbleweed because it feels like deserted for now. There's not that many users compared to the Snapchat uh, Clubhouse, I should say. But I'm sure it's gonna grow. It's gonna it's gonna boom, boom, just like Timmy said, because they have more, way more capital, way more access to resources. But I think what Clubhouse can do in this scenario, even though it's, it's, it's pretty short, limited time. Remember when they kept jacking Snapchat's features? Uh, they were still able to evolve and still keep bringing out new features to make themselves very relevant. I think that's just Clubhouse's only hope right now is that they have to continue to innovate. Like you brought this product to the market. Everybody is copying and pasting it because trust me, this is only the beginning. Facebook is gonna do something similar. As a matter of fact, I think they're already close to launch. Um, Slack, I think, is in something similar. And it won't be long before Microsoft Teams also hops on it, maybe LinkedIn, and everybody's gonna copy this. So the onus is now on Clubhouse to make themselves stand out, which is unfortunate because of all these names we mentioned, they're basically the smallest with the least amount of cash. Mm. And hopefully they don't get drowned out. But I mean, Snapchat is still alive. Like Snapchat came into the game not really being the big player. Well, I guess they were the big player in their field. And then, but to be honest, I, I feel like Snapchat usage has definitely gone down because I know a lot of people just stick to Instagram, right? Since the stories came out. So... But I mean, they're still alive and people still have their accounts and just are mainly maybe passive users of the app. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes for, for Spotify and Clubhouse, right? The battle is on the business, right? It is business and uh, good luck to Clubhouse going forward. I'll definitely keep an eye on this one.
And speaking of business, uh, British Columbia announced that they're going to be kind of sort of reopening now. Boom, we're, we're outside. We're outside. It's really <laughs> sunny out. Like, so if you've been doing your crunches all year, you're trying to get that summer body out, like, this is your opportunity. Like, the beaches are finally getting opened one at a time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. July 1st, I think, is the date where there's going to be a lot of um, restrictions taken off. Like, you can go to nightclubs and limited capacity if you're into that sort of thing, or the casinos. Uh, return to usual for like indoor and outdoor personal gatherings. Now you can do sleepovers if for some reason you still do sleepovers. <laughs> uh, you're not going to get in trouble for it. So this is something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, less than two weeks away. Um, even clubs are going to be opening up with, you know, limited capacity. Um, going on, liquor service restrictions are lifted. So, you know, if you want to turn up, you know, yep. I'll go on, right? Um, yeah, but it's basically everything going back to normal, really, except I think um, might still be wearing masks and things like that when you go to certain places. But, I mean, on the tables, uh, if you go to a restaurant, I don't think there's any restrictions on that. Um, at that phase, I'm not sure. Um, but most things, you can go to most places. You can travel um, around the country as well if you want to. There's no restrictions, and you don't have to stay gyms. local anymore. The gyms are open, bro. Yeah, the gyms. gyms are open. You can do high-intense... Um, intense um fitness activities right all of that right so it's basically we're going back to to where it used to be right except for concerts we have to wait till september for that one but i don't think anybody's really hyped like looking forward people are still gonna be paranoid for a while before they start going to concerts, concerts yeah, that's a lot of people just lumped together yeah it really especially is with the parents still going on right so yeah we'll see how that goes I mean, me personally i wasn't like a big concert goer before i might care more about traveling and things like that so I mean, let's see, let's see. Looking forward to it still. Yeah, so one of the reasons, you know, obviously the primary reason uh, the economy is reopening at this kind of pace is because the vaccine rollout has been pretty good. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say it, like it's off the charts, but it has been really good. Like if you were to compare Canada to like a lot of countries, they've done a, a great job, right? Um, um, still haven't got mine yet, by the way. I'm getting it next Friday. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I already got my first shot. I'm looking forward to the second one so I can just be limitless. Uh, then it, it makes you uh, pretty much more interested in the news that Niger, you know, is getting some more AstraZeneca doses. Mm, I mean, they're getting those, like, they're, they're pretty much, I mean, shipping what people don't want to those guys, isn't it? <laughs> but um, I'm hearing some mixed reviews. I'm hearing some people are now rejecting AstraZeneca. Some countries are rejecting it. Some I've heard some states in the U.S. have been like, um, that doesn't qualify. Uh, I'm not sure what's really going on with those. Um. Honestly, with me, I'm not really certain what's going on with AstraZeneca. There's always been talks about it, like, ever since the beginning, about you know, one controversy here or there about this particular vaccine. But I really just hope there's no, like, negative, like, significant side effect for this uh, vaccine because... This is like an entire nation that's depending on this one product. Mm, for sure, we yeah. Need, we need to make sure this is safe and that they administer it, you know, uh, at the right time and make sure things go back to the close version of normal soon. Yeah, hopefully soon, right? And hopefully by the end of this year we should, you know, be done with this, man, because I'm tired. I need to move <laughs> on. <laughs> We're all tired. Um, and, you know, it can be really exhausting, especially... If you're like a person of African descent and you're so far away from home mm. and you live in a country where you're like a significant minority 
and you hear the news from a couple of days ago about Juneteenth being, you know, a national holiday. And how did you react to that? Uh, I mean, I feel like my experiences are a lot different from, you know, the, the African-American, right? Um, I feel like there's a whole lot of psychological, you know, things going on there, right? Experience, experience of African-Americans is totally different. Experience of um, black people from South Africa is totally different as well when it comes to, like, you know, race relations, apartheid, slavery, all of that stuff, right? But nonetheless, we do feel the effects of, uh, of slavery, right? And we do feel the effects of racism that has you know, come out from that as well, right, from that slavery. And, I mean, make no mistake, we are still slaves, right? <laughs> slaves to our own devices or slaves to the system? We're slaves to the system because, like, I mean, we're, as much as we're on paper, we're, we're free. <laughs> we don't have paper. Someone doesn't own us, but, I mean, are we truly free, right? We still have a lot of um, restrictions. We still have things holding us back. We still get judged and... Um, mistreated for the color of our skin, um, you know, cops are still killing black people, and cops don't care if you're African American or if you're African or if you're Latin, black Latino, or whatever, right? Like um, the the races don't like it all. It's all lumped into one. So at the end of the day, I feel I feel what's going on. Um, I understand deeply what it is, right? I understand deeply. I'm under no delusions about what it is. So. I still feel very strongly about um, the whole June thing um, situation, right? And there definitely should be more done as well in terms of tackling um, the ongoing effects because the effects are very far-reaching, right? They really are. And, and I specifically agree with one of those last comments you made about how when you're in trouble out here, nobody knows if you're from Nigeria, Timbuktu, or African-American. Like, if they're going to shoot you in the back, mm-hmm. they will shoot you. And the African-American experience was something I didn't really relate to when I was younger until when I grew much older. Because I remember being in high school in, in Louisiana, like you're in a private school, everybody knows your name because they can't pronounce it. And that you kind of stood out because they knew you were not from here and you're kind of sheltered, right? Mm. But then being an adult and living as an adult by yourself in the United States, it's like, it's a whole different ball game. Even in Canada, right? Because as long as you're a minority, like it's just different, and you gotta accept that nobody's gonna care uh, where you're from, or nobody knows your name, right. and and you're just like in the line of fire. Exactly. So this is welcome. It definitely is not something that I can entirely speak to, or that I can completely relate to, but I understand the, the significance of it, and I am thankful when I see the like the joy and the gladness people feel about this. I know there's also they're asking for more which is understandable to a certain degree, um, but this is a, ste- a good step in the right direction, I would say. Yeah, for sure. As long as they're backing up the action with, you know, social services and things like that that can help out right now. Just, oh, it's a holiday, and then what, right? Right. So one more uh, topic we should talk about is more like trivia. It's like a bit of a piece of trivia about how we have a new ocean. Yeah, we'll Did you hear about, about this? It's basically going to be called the Southern Ocean. It's not like the ocean just came out of nowhere, like somebody just like brought us that's new, a, that's new a, water. That's a, a boring name, Southern Ocean. What's that? What? I know, I know. And and it's, 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 this is all thanks to National Geographic. They were the ones who came out and was like, you know what, guys, we're going to call you Southern Ocean. Right. You made me question, who made National Geographic the arbiter of our oceans? They're going to wake up tomorrow and call the moon um, 
Zania or some random Zania. name. Let's change the name of the moon. That's it's now names. called Zania. I'm telling you. I find it really interesting. I know part of the reasons uh, they're trying to separate this body of water from the rest is obviously conservation and uh, protecting the planet and, and the environment. And if you want to look, if you want to find out more about it, just Google Southern Ocean or just look up uh, the USA Today website or even the National Geographic website itself. You talk a lot more about the significance of naming this ocean and separating it from all the other existing water bodies like like the Pacific and the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean. And it's really it's really it's an interesting piece of trivia. If now obviously everybody's gonna have to update their textbooks and uh you know just have that extra piece of knowledge yeah just like when we found out uh we don't have nine planets anymore <laughs> pluto pluto is somewhere weeping about that right now because i still rep pluto man i think i think pluto is a planet well call it National Geographic says, well scientists and nasa i think right yes nasa says it's not so i guess it's not but i mean back in, in the future like i don't know maybe 250 years i mean We'll be living on Mars, right? <laughs> facts, though, facts. If you say so, my man. If you say so. <laughs> All right, that brings us to a close. Uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for joining us today and listening. This has been a fun episode. Uh, you can always check us out on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review on there and, and uh, let us know how we're doing, especially like the five-star you know, reviews. <laughs> we like those. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, check us out on Spotify and Amazon and pretty much everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere. Out there. Yeah, so thanks again. And Google Podcasts is really important. Yes, check us out on Google Podcasts as well. So, summer, we're going outside. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, guys. All right, cheers, people.